0: This is the Wednesday, July 14th edition of the Daily Wager Podcast. We've got you covered with all the action as the NBA Finals resume, and we got a little golf action as well with the Open Championship. Welcome to the Daily Wager Podcast, presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. I'm Doug Kazarian, alongside Joe Fortinball. We uh, made it through the All-Star break, although it's still on break, technically, but we have the NBA Finals resuming with Game 4 tonight. Joe, I'm not sure if you are aware, it is a Pivotal
1: Game 4. <laughs> there are certain buzzwords that we throw around. Do or dies, must win. Pivotal is one of my favorite. Well done. A Pivotal Game 4.
0: Yeah, it's <laughs> it's Pivotal because you don't want to go down 3-1. NBA history in the finals, teams that go down 3-1. Now, um, look, home team has held serve all three games and won by double digits and obviously covered because of that. But I think we're I think we're really poised to get the best game of the series. I, I really do. Look, game one we had the Giannis unknown. Game two, uh, Suns just shot the lights out and pulled away. That game was kind of close at times. And then game three, you got the team down 0-2 coming home, the big uh, desperation effort. So I think we finally get
1: like a true solid coin flip game. Agreed, agreed. I think this is going to be a very good one tonight. If I'm going to make a play on the side or the total, and I know we got some props coming up in a bit. I will take the Suns plus the points. I look back at game three, and I see a very big free throw edge for Milwaukee. 26 free throw attempts in that game. Third most in 20 playoff games. Conversely, Phoenix, only 16 trips to the charity stripe. sixth fewest of 19 playoff games. Let's bring a little regression positive for Phoenix. Standard regression for Milwaukee. Even that out a little bit. Factor in Phoenix being awful from deep. Nine of 31 29%. I don't see that happening again. And that plays right into Devin Booker, who was awful in game three. I don't see that happening again. And Chris Paul only playing 33 minutes, his fewest, with his fewest field goal attempts, more on that in a bit, since game two against Denver. Ultimately laying all of that out, I think Paul will play a little bit more and be a little bit better. I think Booker will be a little bit better. I think he'll get more trips to the stripe. I think Milwaukee will get fewer trips to the stripe. And as a result, I now have four points in my pocket in a much more competitive game. I will take the Suns, who regular season and playoffs combined, eighteen and six straight up, seventeen and seven against the spread. When coming off a loss, Phoenix will be my play for tonight.
0: I've heard that stat off a loss a lot. And how much do you think it really matters what they did in the regular season off a loss versus off the, in the playoffs off a loss?
1: I think there's well, I, there's definitely a difference. I think in the regular season, it's the type of thing that shows the ability to to put. Troublesome performances, mistakes, things of that nature behind okay. you very quickly and get your mind focused on what's next. In the playoffs, obviously much more important because you don't want to fall into dramatic holes. Pushing the tempo, keeping the edge, keeping the other team on their heels. I think that's an excellent question, though.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, situationally, they could be traveling. The other team could be on back-to-backs. Who knows? But right. You're right there is a mental component that is a common denominator. I want to get your opinion on that. Uh, I'm on the under, and I really like it, even though all five meetings between these two teams, including the regular season, have not uh, gone under. We had the push in the last game, thanks to some Jeff Teague missed free throws in the final minute in garbage time. But look, it comes down to this, adjustments, right? For what it's worth, 12 of the last 15 Game 4s in the Finals have gone under. Now, what does that mean? How can we draw from like a random NBA Finals from a decade ago? It's really just about adjustments throughout the series. We've seen all the advanced metrics, teams figure out the other team's system. So not only are you kind of getting used to playing the same opponent over and over, and your their offensive sets just feel familiar rather than the shock value when you're during the course of a regular season when you face different opponents, but also you're just making adjustments. Like, Holiday guarding Booker is off the charts impressive. Now, Booker against other defenders, much more successful. Same with Giannis. Aiton, as long as he stays out of foul trouble, he can somewhat limit Giannis. He's not a lim- Giannis stopper. But Giannis just eats alive every other defender on the Suns especially if it's like Kaminsky or one of these guys now that Sarich is hurt, and we'll see about Torrey Craig and whether he can defend him but most importantly last game pushed third quarter had 69 combined points largely because the Suns had to go small ball because Ayton was in foul trouble had to go to the bench so the small ball forced them to push the pace and then obviously they just weren't as effective defensively I think as long as DA can avoid foul trouble we're going to finally see an under between these two teams
1: I like where you're at there. And, and if you go back and you look at the third quarter, I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure in all three games, the third quarter has been explosive because I've been betting unders in this series. And that third quarter has been killing me. I have been cursing myself for 12 straight minutes at a halftime. So I like what you're doing there. I think everything lines up. And uh, if I was going to throw three props out there, I can play right in the one of them. When you're talking about DeAndre Ayton and the potential for foul trouble, his double-double prop is minus 260. It's big, it's juicy. I'm going to play it tonight. I am going to play it. Double-doubles in 13 of 19 playoff games so far. Had a double-double in game one. Had a double-double in game two. Missed the double-double in game three by one rebound. But remember, he played limited time, only 24 minutes and 23 seconds due to foul trouble. So let's ask ourselves, Do we see foul trouble happening again? After all, game three was the only playoff game for Aiton this year in which he's gone over four fouls. In fact, this guy in 69 regular season games fouled out two times. He's not a guy that finds himself in a lot of foul trouble. I think that game was the outlier. I don't think we're necessarily going to have to worry about it as much tonight. And he only missed the double-double by one rebound as a result in game three. I'll lay the two sixty. I'm going to play Chris Paul over 22 and a half points as well. I think it's a great price considering 32 points in game one, 23 points in game two. Now in game three, he only had 19 points, but he took 14 field goal attempts and he only played for 33 minutes. Fewest field goal attempts and fewest minutes since game two of the Denver series. As I mentioned earlier, I don't see that happening again in this situation. I'm going to play over 22 and a half points for Chris Paul. Number three, it's a little bit deeper. PJ Tucker under, four and a half rebounds he entered the finals averaging 5.1 rebounds per game in the playoffs and the prop for rebounds for pj tucker in this series opened at five and a half it has since been reduced to four and a half why he's not rebounding in this series three rebounds in game one five rebounds in game two three rebounds in game three now he played phoenix twice during the regular season once when he was with houston he had zero rebounds in 21 minutes and he played them once when he was with milwaukee Three rebounds in 22 minutes. So, P.J. Tucker has not been a factor on the glass in this series. I'll play under four and a half rebounds. That'll round out my prop card for game four.
0: Okay, I have two props I really like. Uh, Booker, over two and a half made threes, plus 05. The key for me is the attempts. He's getting at least seven three-pointer attempts in this series in each of the three games. And, uh, look, I expect him to have a bounce-back spot. Suns were kind of just like that dead spot up to 0 uh, We've seen it time and time again throughout nba playoff history i think it's a solid bounce back opportunity for the phoenix suns and booker uh, to make three threes plus oh five i gotta go there holiday over four and a half rebounds gets a little juicy at minus 160 but he's had at least five in all three games of the series and the previous three so six straight playoff games he's had at least five rebounds uh he's kind of passive shooting on offense but he's making up for it with rebounds and assists so i think that's sort of like a blueprint for Milwaukee success, I, don't, I think it's like Middleton shooting, Giannis in the block, the other guys, you know Forbes, Conant, and those guys shooting three, and Holiday driving, dishing, and also just being doing a little bit of everything on the stat sheet. So it's not as much Holiday being initiator. I think he's kind of roaming on defense as well, rebound, things like that. Like it, like it a lot. What are you thinking for the open
1: championship, which begins tomorrow?
0: So as I've t- discussed many times, I am not. Like a huge golf guru, but I do aggregate from people I really re- trust. Um, we had America's Caddy, Michael Collins, on the show on Monday. You might remember he was talking about fading DeChambeau, which I'm going to do oh, in the yeah. cut and in matchups. He has struggled in these types, of courses, links golf and also just sort of has a new partnership with his caddy, and that just takes some time to develop the chemistry. Look, I can't believe he's the second favorite 14-1. I think mean, it's just ridiculous. But obviously, he has a very good game, and if he makes the cut, I wouldn't be shocked. But there's value there for a guy because of the situation. The guys I got my list: Ustasen, Grace, Lowry, Norin, Poulter, Kisner, Molinari. I'll probably play all of them. Uh, I have to. Let me jump I, in
1: there. Not a lot of Americans on that list, I've noticed.
0: Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing because when you got guys <laughs> like Darren Clark winning this event, as right. about, There's a reason for that, and. Um, I think I do think Rory there's buzz right now at like 19 to one. I think one shop at 25 to one late last night. It's hard to turn that down. So I will, I will fire on Rory. If I can get something in that neighborhood.
1: I like what you're doing. Uh, Just to specify on DeChambeau, because I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm going to do a big fade on him. There's a matchup where Justin Thomas is minus minus one forty over DeChambeau. Matthew Fitzpatrick is minus one Oh three over DeChambeau. Dustin Johnson minus 133 over DeShambeau. We're using Caesars, William Hill, and a little bit of DraftKings in there to fill in some of the gaps. But do your shopping here. Uh, What we're alluding to with fading DeShambeau is, number one, horse for the course, he doesn't play well. Two missed cuts and three trips to the Open Championship. And the one where he didn't miss the cut, he finished 51st in 2018. He also had his caddy, Tim Tucker, quit on him at the beginning of the month right before the Rocket Mortgage Classic. He went on to miss the cut there. So he's in some turmoil with his caddy. It's going to take some time for the two of them to gel, the new one in DeChambeau. And he's going somewhere where he hasn't played well, betting against him. Now, Justin Thomas isn't exactly a favorite pick because of ball flight. And Dustin Johnson has been subling. But the last time this event was at Royal St. George's, I believe it was 2011 or 13. I think it was 11. Johnson finished second. So he's played well here before. That's why I'm going to do all that stuff that you're talking about as well as to miss the cut, plus 225, Shop around, you might be able to do better. One pick to win it all, Lee Westwood at 40-1. to one. Just feels like he's due, Doug. Just feels like he's due.
0: I feel like I've heard that. I feel like I've heard that <laughs> a lot. Um, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen because his recent form is way different than what we've seen at sort of peak uh, Ricky Fowler, but I think he's made the cut like eight of nine open championships. He so. plays
1: well here. But you he want your American? Well
0: you want your American action? There, there, there you go. <laughs> there we go. But uh, you know, it. it's crazy. Fowler was always in that twenty to twenty-five to one odds uh, kind of range on a weekly basis back in the day. It's just haven't been there in a while. But that's something a little feather in your, you know, something to consider in your back
1: pocket. Yeah, absolutely, dude. I like it. You throw a few bucks on Fowler. If he breaks through, you look like a genius considering how he's been playing as of late.
0: Speaking of breaking through, I just got my uh, Major League Baseball second half picks in for ESPN.com, which will be posted tomorrow. Got a, lot of, got a few long shots out there. Um, some MVP Good for stuff, you. So. Um, all right, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, as always, in and out in less than 10 minutes, as we promise. And um, we will see you back in the studio, Joe, later in the show. There's- 6 p.m.
1: Eastern, baby. ESPN, two. I can't wait.
0: We need to bounce back for best bets, but one and two. Oh, I, uh, I gave out a team... Week. Plus five and a half, that lost by 40. So <laughs> we're going to try to bounce back. Shit, shake that one off. <laughs> I, I, it was the right side. I'm sorry. The three best players were out. So I'm going to vent a little bit on air. But okay. Absolutely. Awesome, man. See, see you later in the studio. <laughs>